Welcome back to the Longest Battle podcast. This week, I'm here with Vanessa Dowbury. She's a superhuman shot putter and has amazingly just won gold. Her life hasn't always been about winning gold medals. And she's here today to tell us her inspirational story. Thanks so much for coming along to the um, Longest Battle podcast. This is Vanessa. So (laughs) thank you. Thanks for coming along. So where did you grow up? Where are you from? Uh, So I grew up in North London in Tottenham and I'm still there. I think Uh I will be there forever. Okay. (laughs) Um, So I grew up in, I guess, kind of North Tottenham kind of thing mm-hmm. kind of near Bruce Castle Park for anyone who knows the area yeah I uh, went to school local as well same uh-huh. with secondary school so just walked everywhere <laughs> nice. um, and my, a lot of my family still in the area as well so Tottenham born and raised fantastic and tell me about you were an only child like yeah. me I know I know <laughs> very uh, it's a very sad state of affairs no <laughs> uh, uh, I, you know it's interesting so how, how was your what was your life like when you were growing up as an only child um, it was it was pretty quiet like me I was quite shy not that people would ever believe that nowadays <laughs> um, but yeah so it was I was I was big into reading mum used to do lots of almost like home study we was always in the park learning about something new going to the library it was just I guess it was relatively normal childhood just quite shy and reserved uh-huh. yeah cool and um so tell me about your condition how did it affect you what was the uh okay so I have um a couple of main conditions uh mm-hmm. first I have something called dystonia which is a neurological uh movement pattern disorder which causes my body to go into abnormal postures so if you if you were to see me not that you can because we're on a podcast mm. um you'd see that my feet um knees and hips rotate inwards so is it like I look a spasm like, no it's no. just a nat for me it's become a natural place for my body to put itself okay. so if you try and straighten me out then I spasm right because okay. it's abnormal yeah to me. and this is just what my brain now tells my body yeah. that it has to do uh, so you have that one and then you have another condition called Ehlers-Danlos syndrome which most people tend to shorten to EDS and that's a connective tissue disorder. So I usually say to people, I'm a bit like the mum from the Incredibles movie. <laughs> I just don't get the cute cat suit. Uh, so um, I'm quite bendy. It means the collagen and the uh, cartilage and similar type materials in my body are stretchy. So, so it's like being a superhuman person, really. Kind of, yeah, <laughs> but without, unfortunately, the, 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 the great, Su- great Superhuman stuff. powers. Yes, I haven't quite found the power with that okay. one. <laughs> um, but it affects lots of different systems, affect my body in different ways, and mm. everybody with EDS can be affected a little bit differently. So you don't get two people alike. They tend to call us um, zebras or zebras because you never get two that have got the same stripes. Oh, right, wow. Yeah, so okay. um, it, uh, it affects... It affects a number of my joints, Um, it affects my ligaments, it affects something called proprioception, so kind of again how my brain picks up where my body is, I can bump into air, I'm like I can be, I'm so clumsy and Mm. klutzy, but it's, it's, it's part of who I am. Right, yeah. Because I guess, is it like a neurological condition? Is that what it is or not? It's a physical condition. So Mm. it's, uh, as I said, it can be your ligaments, it can be your joints, it can be all different things. But it's 
it's about what connects things in your body so it isn't just joints it's about how your organs are supported right. it's about how they respond um, there's different types of EDS there's quite a few yeah. um, uh, I have the hypermobile type okay. um, but it comes with as I said you know Yes, partly superhero because you're quite bendy, mm-hmm. but then it also adds in some not so great stuff, so pain and fatigue and various other challenges that can make it quite difficult to live yeah. with. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's not not pleasant. So, do you do you have dislocations? Is that what? So that can come with the condition. So there's there's kind of stages of dislocation. So there's something. I always get this word mixed up, so I apologise if I'm not <laughs> pronouncing right. it correctly. Um, I think they're called subluxations, or we okay. call it subluxing. Yeah. So it means when it's it's kind of like a partial dislocation, or it's um, more movement within a joint than normally would happen. So it may not totally come out, yeah. but it's moving around. It's not stable, that's the better way to put it. It's really not stable. Yeah. But if you then think about something that is created to be relatively stable, if it's moving around and trying to be sociable with other bits of the body that it's not supposed to be, it's pretty uncomfortable and pretty painful. Mm. And that can take some time to settle back down. Because I guess with a dislocation, you pop it back in, you then deal with inflammation and pain. Subluxing, or whichever way you're supposed to say it, it can keep moving. So it's it's like what's around it has become loose. So you've got to wait for it to start firming back up and holding it stable again. So I, I don't like those. No. That happens How a lot often? More. How often does that actually happen? Your it dislocations. Can, it's well. Remember, there's different stages. So dislocations they vary. They can happen when they like. But like um, how subluxing, often? Like... Subluxing, I sublux most days. Most days. Yeah. So wow. I've just come from from training. Yeah. And I was doing one exercise, and I could physically feel my wrists moving around. Okay. As I'm um, as I'm pulling on something, it's pulling open my wrist, and I could, I know if you saw Emma's face right now. <laughs> oh, wow! <laughs> and oh. again, so again, that's something you then have to deal with the fact that something's moving when it's not supposed to. Mm. Um, so yeah. So you fit that's most days. Yes, that's those kind of yeah. The yeah it depends on what you're doing or what mm. I'm doing how I'm doing it, what my body's like, hormone levels. Yeah. Lots of entertainment. And how how do you deal with those the pain? It do you how, what's the best treatment for you? Um again it depends it depends what it is, where it is and how. Mm. Um the great thing um, and I say that with a lot of sarcasm in my voice um, with EDS is that it also changes how pain medication works for you. So a lot of people with pain med- with EDS don't respond, don't get the same response to pain medication as someone without EDS. So it doesn't work as well. Right. Okay. So uh, something like ibuprofen, mm. which would be a good anti-inflammatory for yeah. a lot of people, may not even touch the spot. Yeah, might not even get anywhere yeah, near anywhere yeah. near the pain. It's all I, I imagine it in my head. I like lots of pictures and imagery so I imagine that the pain centre of the brain when you've got EDS has got yeah. a, a coating of Teflon like yeah. the non-stick pans so when the pain medication comes towards it it just kind of hits it and skims off and doesn't really set in Yeah. so it can be something you just you, you almost have to learn to deal with the fact that you're going to have pain Yeah. that doesn't take away from it it doesn't take it away from being debilitating at times mm. um, it's you know it's you have to learn your Is that a way. balance? Is that a balance of kind of trying all these things out without ha- having the pain? Is that kind of it's, what? Well, it's more about... Because sometimes something will work and then something won't. 
Mm-hmm. It can. It's so varied. It's like a, it feels a bit like a full time job living with that condition. Yeah. It takes a lot of work, and there's other areas around dealing with pain which isn't medication based. So mm-hmm. things like uh, cognitive behavioural therapy, pacing techniques, different things because sometimes you can't get rid of the pain. Yeah. Sometimes it's just there. Is there's nothing you can do about it. Mm. So it's about how to manage with the fact it's there. Yeah. It's wow. and 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 again, that's an ongoing because it changes mm. so often. And when did you first realise that you had this condition when you were growing up? Or what point was it? Was there a point when you suddenly went, "This something's not quite right"? Or was it someone else telling you that this wasn't it, it, right? It's or? a bit of everything you just said. Actually, funny enough, it was pain. Yeah. So I used to get a lot of pain. This is what my mum says because I don't remember most yeah, of this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I used to get a lot of pain, generalised pain, and it didn't look like there was any reason for it to be there so uh, the GP would say to my mum no it's growing pain she's tall I'm not that tall anymore (laughs) Um, you know she's it's just it's just it's just and my mum was thinking do you know what something's not something's Mm, not right here and no one's really listening so she kept pushing and pushing and then eventually I was sent to a rheumatologist who literally took one look at me and said you've got one leg slightly shorter than the other and you're definitely hypermobile and then and as life has gone on and you can see it affects different systems you're not just bendy there's other yeah. factors in play is that what hypermobile means no so you can be hypermobile and not have Ehlers-Danlos syndrome so okay. Ehlers-Danlos syndrome again apologies if I don't get this right no, it's fine. but it's it's when it I think affects different systems so it's not just that you're flexible because mm. dancers can be flexible other athletes can be flexible um, that doesn't mean they've got the syndrome Okay. So it's when um, other parts of your body or, you know, your gastric system can be affected. It mm. could be, I don't know, your bladder. It could be all, all manner. It goes all over the place when it feels like it. Wow. Um, so when it affects different things, that's when they can look to see, actually, you might have EDS rather than you're naturally quite bendy. Okay. Because EDS as well, you know, you don't have stability. With You can be mm. hypermobile, build strength and have stability. Yeah. Do you see? So it just depends how you are impacted by it. Yeah. And does do some days are better than others? Yeah. Definitely some mm. days are. There's always a kind of a base level of how you are. Mm. Um, but again, that can change day to day. But then again, things like pacing techniques and just having a really good, maybe, oh, I don't know if good is the right word, but having an awareness of your body and yeah. kind of knowing that however you are that day is just your normal that yeah. day. Things like that, again, can help with learning how to manage with having the condition because a lot of the challenges you can't get rid of. Mm, mm. You, you just, just have, can't, to, live you have to live with, but then learn how do you live with it mm. so that you have, you know, maybe a better quality of and life. And living with the pain as well, living I guess. Living with the pain and, yeah. and, again, learning how to manage with pain in different levels, different parts of your body. It just, you just, it's, you, you have to ride it out. Yeah. yeah and so and so you just so it just kind of happened did it just all of a sudden come on or was it something that I'm going to have to assume that it kind of creeped okay yeah because I don't remember my mum saying yeah yeah, I don't remember my mum saying anything when I was young young like Mm. little primary school young yeah but I was diagnosed in I think it was my mid-teens okay so by then we knew there's definitely there's a cause for the pain um like I used to do sports day and Mm -hmm. I always used to think I was just a bit unfit right that's why something was aching not realize my hip had come out 
Yeah, ex- Ow! Yeah, so that's a little, you know, a little clunkiness was going on there. Mm. Or my ankle would go and just not knowing, you just think, oh, I'm just not very good at this. Not realising, no, there's other things at play. Yeah. Yeah. Pain through it. Yeah. Um, so you ended up in Stanmore Hospital. I did. So I had a friend who, who was in Stanmore Hospital ah. as well. Um, she said it was an amazing place. Mm-hmm. Um, was that a life-changing event by going to Stanmore? Yes. Yeah. Yes, 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 and yes. <laughs> I will forever be thankful for getting a referral. Um, I think his name was Professor Graham. Um, I'm hoping I got that right because yeah. he is an absolute angel mm-hmm. um, who referred me to the programme, one of the programmes that they have based there mm-hmm. because it's a musculoskeletal um, focused hospital and it changed my life and I had no idea. I, th- I didn't really know what to expect when I went there and I originally... Were you walking at that time? No, I was using a chair. Okay, yeah. Um, but I... I think I went in for three weeks, so you go kind of Monday to Friday, you go home with homework okay, over yeah. the weekend, um, and then you come back Monday and you keep you keep moving through. Mm. And the great thing about that place was they would see you as you are. So they can see you're in pain, they mm. can see the challenges that you're dealing with, and they will say, we can't take away your pain. You know, mm. this is this is who you are, but we can teach you how to learn to live with that. And again, that isn't reducing anyone's mm. experience, but it's just, you know, how can how can how can we just pick you up a little bit? How can we help you help you? And it's a fantastic approach because it makes it quite individual to the person and what they're hoping to get out of it and what they can do. So you would see occupational therapists, you would see physios, you'd get to see your consultant once, maybe twice while you're there, a lot more obviously frequent than you'd usually see them. They could teach you how to approach doing your housework. Again, it's all tends to be based on this pacing technique of learning. Um, a good example is watching TV. So say um, someone would say, uh, you know, I I used to love watching TV, but I'm always in pain. It always hurts when I'm sitting down. And they're like, okay, at what point does the pain come in? And they're like, well, it's always there. And they're like, what point? Mm -hmm. And the thing is, even if it's after seven seconds of sitting, they're like, okay, so you know it's seven seconds. So how about you literally have a timer and at five seconds you shift and then see how long does it take in that position to kick in. So even if you have that tiniest of baselines, it's something to work from. Yeah. Rather than, well, what can we do about taking away the pain in your hip? We might not be able to do that, but we might be able to give you a little wiggle room Mm. to be able to learn how to build tolerance. Okay. So it doesn't get rid of it, Uh but tolerance. Yeah. And it's like that around, for me, that's what the experience was like. It was around that. It was... Mm. Who am I? Where am I? What do I need? What can we do in the short time yeah. that you are there? Mm. And it changed my world. So what age were you when you went to Stanmore? I was that not long ago? I was huh? about to maybe seven, eight, seven years, maybe? Seven, seven years, years ago. ago. Wow, yeah, okay. maybe ish i'd have to check my record yeah so seven years um, ago so not long the, yeah. not long i'm sure it wasn't too long before 
the Paralympics. Not that I was in the, the London yeah, Paralympics. Yeah, but just from but, but that, that kind time. of period. It was, I'm sure, yeah. I think maybe 2010, 2011. Hmm. So there, was there a moment before when you realised that you couldn't, was it easier not to stand? Was there a moment when you, you were in a chair? What was the, when was the transition for you? Um, that was around... 2007 so by then I think it was around 2007 um by then I was already using sticks to walk with so I'd you know I'd gone from walking on two feet and struggling a bit yeah and then getting a stick I think I bought it from a chemist like I was just like no let me just keep moving yeah um and then realizing I wasn't that balanced and then second stick and my legs were getting worse so they're getting more bendy I was struggling to weight bear bendiness not really helping not you. helping yeah. and then the so you know I got diagnosed with dystonia oh, gosh only it was around stand more time, so mm. around those years. But it's quite likely that the symptoms were creeping in early, much earlier. Yeah. So the things where I'm thinking, oh, my legs, I'm not weight-bearing, potentially could have been dystonia as well because yeah. my legs were getting into funny positions and I just thought they were bendy. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of, there's no fixed point of when, like, the dystonia kicked in, but my body wasn't happy for years. Yeah. So wow. 2007 was when I got my first chair. Mm, um, mm. But, oh, uh, yeah, I'd... It was a big struggle before then. Mm. So were you working before that? Or should I go back um, a bit further? What were you... So I used to actually work not far from where we're recording. OK, yeah. <laughs> so I used to work up in Moorgate. So uh -huh. I used to work in finance, like an accounts assistant. OK. I loved it. Did you? I yeah. Uh -huh. did, I do. I miss it. My old Gresham crew, I do miss uh -huh. them. Um, and then uh, bit by bit, it was just getting really hard yeah. to actually... The pain levels I was in from that, the, those two conditions and some other stuff, mm. things were just too hard. And yeah. it just, I fought really hard to keep going and then eventually my body was like, you know what, stop this. Yeah. Really, it's not worth it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just not worth so it. So you realise, and then you're in the chair as well then. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I used to try going to uh, adult education just to keep busy. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not very good at not doing anything. Yeah. You know, active recovery is better for me than doing mm -hmm. nothing. Um, and again, it was a way to at least see people, not be so isolated. Yeah. Um, learn something new without huge amount of pressure. Yeah. Um, and I tried that for a while and Great. enjoyed it. Yeah. And Stanmore, they helped you there really to become more aware of everything that's going on yeah. and, and giving your freedom back, I guess. That was what... Yeah, well, because I said you're there for such a short period of time. I mean, to me, those three weeks, it felt like it could have been... Weeks, only three it? weeks. Oh, right. I so thought you were in there weeks. for quite a long time. No, oh, right. and then I went back for another two weeks. Yeah. And then I went back again sometime later for another two weeks. So all within... I, well, I thought you had a couple of years. Year. No, no, okay, no. Wow. back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, and then I was very, very lucky to have repeated admissions mm -hmm. for this particular program. I think yeah. the first one was pain management, and the other two might have been rehab, all the other way round. Yeah, something yeah, something like that. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So then you're in Stanmore for a little while. Yes. So when did it actually happen that you? Was there a decision when you had to be full-time in a chair? Was that the, the yeah, decision? Yeah, that was about four years ago. and a f I think it was about four. It might be creeping up a bit higher. Mm. And a physio said to me, kind of like, enough of trying to stand yeah. because my hips would sublux. And right. then I'd have to deal with that on top of everything else because mm. you don't know how long it's going to take to settle. Yeah. Um, and the pain was just unbearable. Um, and it was dangerous because yeah. I wasn't stable. Um, on my feet so it wasn't a bad 
thing, kind mm. of. It's, it took the pressure off you at that point, I guess. Yeah, it's it's strange. It's more, for me, like, my chair, my wheels are more about they keep me independent mm-hmm, rather mm-hmm. than thinking about them being, like, an anchor and, you know, without, if I, you know, I'm in my chair, so therefore I can't do anything. Well, I, I learn how to You're very to mobile to get here, I know. <laughs> I didn't need to do, you know, it's amazing you're there able to do anything, um, which is but fantastic. It, it takes time and it takes having good people yeah. around you mm-hmm. as well. Um, and as I said, my chair helps with my independent. My chair, to me, I like a pair of stilettos. Love, yeah. Love stilettos. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. Wearing now. Can't help it. I'm not in trainers. You know, the stilettos come out. Um, but that's how I see it. I see it as a positive. It's yeah. kind of an extension of me. It's not just a definition. Yeah. Amazing. But it helps. If I didn't have my chair, goodness knows, I'd just be at home. Yeah. So did you, have you ever had to deal with anxiety and depression? Yes. Throughout your life? Oh my good Lord, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Again, it's, it's, it's just one of my stripes. It, mm. Life can be really tough. Yeah. You know, it can be tough. It can be really challenging. Sometimes you have no idea what's coming next or how you're even going to deal with what's already on your plate. Yeah. Um, 2015 I had a breakdown there was so much so much happening I lost one of the closest people to me as Mm. well and it felt it felt like I was suddenly grieving for the my entire life that's Mm. the best way to put it it was just there was a lot of tears I have no idea how it's possible to produce that number of tears because more time I was running on empty I didn't know how but it it had to happen yeah you you can only deal with so many things in life before at some point yeah yeah, your hard drive needs a reboot Mm -mm. and that's looking back on that three years later I look at it as that I still deal with it day to day Mm -hmm. um but depression and anxiety yeah so they've been part of your life and yeah yeah and they you know they have their their positives their negatives you know you can use them as a strength sometimes you can recognize it as well that's the thing isn't it yeah and again it takes being around sometimes certain people Mm. or even just being able to have the space to to grieve to go through what you're going through yeah but knowing that you know there's some there's someone or there are some people who no matter how good or great you are they've got your back yeah whether you brush your teeth that day or not yeah (laughs) they're there (laughs) so tell me about saying yes to everything (laughs) oh my goodness (laughs) um okay so we're gonna go back very quickly to 2012 ish Uh and i life was changing at that point so i had my stanmore um intakes and um i had joined a local uh sports group just to learn to see if i could push my own chair better and i needed something to change Mm -hmm. but i felt really limited that's the best way because i didn't know life 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 had changed yeah. so much yeah yeah um so to be ridiculously brave stupidly brave um i decided to say yes to everything okay um, great i know apparently there's a film about this somewhere. yes man yes, yes. man there you go. <laughs> um which i had had not and still haven't seen yeah. um and it was that it was kind of like a, i don't know what it is i can do i don't know how to do but I, i'm just gonna say yes and that's where I'm going to start 
Amazing. And see what happens. So what was your first yes? What was your first yes? My first yes was actually... So there's a lovely lady called Tamsin Fudge <laughs> who um, was the athletics activator in my local borough. And she'd set up the help or helped support setting up the group that I joined. Uh-huh. Um, what was the group? It was called the Haringey Wheelers. And okay. It was a wheelchair racing group. And yeah. when I saw it, I thought, well, I'm too... Lots of not-so-great words. Um, so there's no way I can do sport, but it did say, come and learn to push your own chair better. Amazing. So, mm-hmm. again, I thought, I don't know if I can go every week. I don't know if I can do it. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah. But I'll go. Yeah. Um, and then later that year, Tamsin obviously saw something. Not sure what at the time, <laughs> but she offered me the chance to train as the assistant athletics coach. So, again... I didn't know much about athletics other than what I'd seen on the TV with Linford mm-hmm. Christie um, back <laughs> in the day. Um, but I thought she'd offered, say yes. Mm-hmm. Just say yes. You don't need to know everything about it. Just say yes. Yeah. So I did. And I went and I became a qualified assistant athletics coach. Okay. And then started supporting the group that I was in. And how long ago was this? 2012. Uh, I'm not very so good at time to so say six that. six years. Six years ago, okay. Yes. And that's your first six little... years to the month, actually. Uh, amazing, yes. okay, great. So that was your first one. So yes. what, what, what happened next? Okay, so by then I had um, been training a little while that year. Mm-hmm. Um, I was then able to fit into a racing chair. I think I did one 5K race and my body said, hell no, yeah. you are not doing this. Um, which is where the coaching came in. Mm -hmm. So I got involved, and then the opportunity to do something called classification came up. And within um, athletics and, I guess, disability sport, you go through a process called classification where you're assessed to make sure you're competing against people who are similar to you. Mm -hmm. Um, So in my class, the 34s, which is a neurological class, um, a seated neurological class, um, I will get individuals who've got, say, cerebral palsy, stroke survivors, MS, Mm -hmm. all range of stuff. So I trundled along to Newham um, and uh, how far away is that for you for me I think I got a lift so okay, probably so half an hour depending on traffic on the A12 okay yeah. um, so it's not too far it's yeah. actually not far from where I go to uni now. okay yeah. um, so I went along went through classification in case I had dreams of still being a, a, a wheelchair racer I'm just saying Hannah I'm not coming for your title <laughs> I'm sticking with throwing um, and went through the process fine got my yeah. classification and then a gentleman called Steve who is a coach in Barnet, came up to me and he... (laughs) Typical Steve, love you. He said to me, Ness, you thought about being a thrower? You're built for it. (laughs) It did feel like a little bit of impact. Okay. you know, in my ignorance, I didn't realise that was actually a phenomenal thing that he was saying to me. Absolutely. So the next yes was where Steve, Steve Harris, I think uh-huh. his said, go along to Lee Valley Athletic Centre and find this coach called Alison O'Riordan. Just go and talk to her. Go and talk to her. <laughs> and then wandered off in typical Steve fashion. Yeah. So I had to find a venue. I had to find this person who I'd never met before mm. and go and see 
go and be go and just be there and I so I went I saw I was doing yes so I went I met her um she I think she found it quite amusing what Steve had said she said she might have put it maybe differently (laughs) Um, (laughs) and I think I had a few sessions not many at all Mm. um, because I was due to go off and have a a pre-arranged surgery nothing Mm. to do with throwing um and that was it that was our, you know, my, my, my kind of first encounter. And then okay. that year... So were you doing... Was, did you try throwing? Oh yeah, just, is throwing, does that mean shop put? Is that um, all? Shop, so it's shop put for 34s. It's shop put and javelin. I see, you do both. I'm learning javelin. Okay. Slow, slow, yeah. slowly. <laughs> okay. I'm like learning it very slowly. So shop put. Shop put's uh, my main one. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but throws is shot, javelin, discus, um, hammer for ambulant throwers and club throwers. Amazing. So well. you learn all of those things within it, that area. Well, it would depend on what a your class is because mm. your class will determine what events are available for you on a Paralympic pathway. Okay. So I do discus for my university because I love you, UEL, all the way, <laughs> East London. Um, but I, there's no discus at the Paralympics for my classification. Okay. So it's almost like working out where to best put your focus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's no point focusing on discus all year when I'm not actually going to progress yeah. on a Paralympic level with it. Yeah, yeah. So we that's how it works. Okay, it sounds interesting. Michael, well, well, you should come and try it. <laughs> yeah, I know. So I should. What do you reckon? I think Emma should come and try it. <laughs> yeah, maybe. We can squeeze yeah. her in. <laughs> um, so what kind of random things has this led to? So uh, saying yes or throwing? Oh, for so, both, really. Both? What's the... Okay, so on the saying yes list, we have... Um, participating in a video encouraging wheelchair users to uh, be mobile so mm-hmm. learning some physio exercises mm-hmm. and this is the girl who used to do photography so that she didn't have to be in the photos okay things suddenly, have changed a little bit <laughs> yeah. um, so that was me pushing myself to be in front of the camera yeah because I had to say yes yeah yeah um, so you're having to do saying yes and then it took you into this area where you're trying to do the different things yeah Literally, just whatever opportunities came it was kind of changing my mindset to if someone's offering me an opportunity to do something, mm. it's because they think I can do it. Mm, so mm. even if I don't think I can do it, if they think I can do it, it'd be a bit rude mm. to kind of turn them down yeah. within reason. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the wheelchair thing was with my local Haringey Wheelchair Services mm-hmm. and the forum got some funding and did something that, that could be given to people to yeah. aid them. And then you had things like me training with uh, Instructability and mm. Aspire, funnily enough, yeah. based at uh-huh. Stanmore, um, as a fitness instructor, a level two gym instructor. Yeah. Uh, what else have I done as a result of saying yes? I've started, I did get to start doing public speaking. Ooh. I know. Ooh, that's I know. a hard one. That was interesting. But I it's something to... that I feel that we all need to, I'm, I'm terrible at public speaking, but you kind of have to do it occasionally. And it's yeah. like, it's, yeah, it's a good thing to do and feel that you're able to do those kind of, kind I of stuff. I think so. <laughs> I, I think I enjoy it now. I really, mm. really do. Because you get to meet so many different people. You get yeah. to share stuff. Um, but I do remember doing the England Athletic Staff Conference and I was the closing speaker. Wow. And um, I think I was really tired. My pain levels had gone up. Mm. And for some reason, I was really cold. So I remember doing this particular talk um, 
kicked my, he- me, my heels off, so I didn't have any stilettos <laughs> on. They were under a table somewhere, sitting, sipping really strong coffee to stay awake and alert, refusing a microphone because I thought I was so gobby that I could be heard at the back of the room anyway. And it turned out to be a fantastic speech. Amazing. And people the in the audience were really, Surprise really Surprise yourself at the end. Always. The have a go. Yeah. So tell me, how did you get into athletics? What, what, how well, did this all happen? It was part of that whole saying yes again. It was uh-huh. Steve Harris telling me you're built for it. <laughs> it was meeting my coach, Alison O'Riordan, and then what I call my red lipstick and a tweet moment. So um, so we had our initial um, meeting, you know, where mm-hmm. I tried it out. Um, and then I went off and did life. Um, and finally, eventually, got into a little bit of work as well. Yeah. Um, and Alison tweeted me. Okay. At the end of, I think it was 2014. Mm-hmm. I said, congrats on kind of what you've been doing. When are you going to come back and try throwing? I was oh, I don't know. So much in life has mm-hmm. changed. There's so many demands. You know, I'm not necessarily in the greatest place. Mm. Oh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Back to that thinking. Yeah, but uh, then you come back and then you think, actually... Then, well, actually, what it was was a conversation at, at work with um, a lady. We, was, we were over lunch and we were talking about women and bravery and how sometimes, and it's not always intentional, that we can be the ones who push people forwards, which means there isn't necessarily enough energy to push ourselves forwards. Mm. And then that becomes almost your new normal that you're not the one progressing um so very deep conversation over sandwiches (laughs) go back to my lap go back to my laptop and the internet's down it's almost the end of the day so i pack up head home stop off at the um the number seven counter in wood green shopping center in boots get tag teamed (laughs) by the ladies on the counter convinced to try some red lipstick felt quite brave came back tweeted back to alison um when do you train And she said, um, same as when I met you a couple of years ago, I'll see you next week. (laughs) And it started from there. And I still didn't actually even think I was an athlete. I thought I might just get a bit fit. It's that red lipstick. It's the red lipstick. I'm telling you. Telling you, change revolutionary. (laughs) Number seven. All about the numbers. And they've changed it since. But I still still love you. I still love you. How do you balance your condition with being a full time athlete? Um, It's part of the package. So it's tough. It's it's very, very tough. I mean, being an athlete is means putting your body through things that most people don't do on a day-to-day basis. Mm. Add on top of that whatever extras that you've got. Yeah. It's hard work. Yeah, I, yeah. Please, please do not look at anyone who is working hard in anything, especially athletics or mm-hmm. sport in general, and yeah. think they must find it easy, especially if they're a para-athlete, because mm-hmm. your condition doesn't go away. Yeah, it doesn't go away. You know, if anything, you're challenging it even more mm. while still trying to achieve greatness. Yeah, it's, it's tough. Massive. So I can't even really answer that question of how do you do it. You just try. Motivation, isn't yeah. it? Really? Yeah, and and it's more motivation of I don't want to lose what you know we're working so hard on and the life that I'm now getting to be involved in. Mm. So you just try, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Mm. You know, but. All you can do is try. Yeah, definitely. So what has been your biggest achievement? Oh, that's... 
See, it depends, I guess, what we're talking about. So on the sporting level. Yes, sporting level. <laughs> or when did it first start when you, you realised that you were getting good? What's the, what I, happened? And then... Oh, my coach would kill me if I turned around and said, I don't think I'm that great. <gasps> I'm still learning. You're amazing. That's more how I see it. However. Um, so on a sporting level, so sitting next to me on her sock at the <gasps> moment. Yeah. She doesn't have a name yet. Um, but um, is my gold medal from the recent Berlin 2018. European Championships. Which is amazing. Thank Congratulations. You. Thank you. <laughs> um, so that's my What first... an achievement. That's huge. That's huge. Yeah, I will, I, yes, I'm with you on that one. <laughs> so that's my first major title mm-hmm. I learned this week. Um, so that is, that's pretty phenomenal. That yeah. is, that is where you were asking about what's it, you know, how to balance mm. and what's it like balancing. This is the result of everything that has and hasn't worked. Yeah, that's yeah, that's literally yeah. how I'd put it. That's Amazing. why, that's the definition of you know what you can get there. Was in. that your first one, or what other ones did you get? Um, so I've in? won um, a number of international golds, mm-hmm. um, but this is my first championship gold. Okay. So uh, I've won uh, from the IPC um, international. International Paralympic Committee, I believe. Uh-huh. And I think that's just changed to World Power Athletics. Um, I've won golds at uh, for two years, actually, at the Dubai Grand Prix, which uh-huh. was quite fabulous. Yeah, what was it like going to Dubai and, like, that um, sort of feeling of, like, you know, get you so... Like foreign, you go to yeah. Dubai and then you like and you're having to compete. I know. <laughs> like, wow. So how did that feel for you? Um, well, Dubai was my first international competition. Mm-hmm. So I've since. So that was 2016 and 2017 and 20. So that was yeah three comps back. Yeah. Um. So I was I was if I'm allowed to say bricking it. Yeah. I didn't know it was my first time traveling since using a chair. Wow. Um. There was a lot involved around even you know getting to the airport what do I do I travelled when I was younger yeah in like my teens and early 20s mm. not a lot but this felt like a whole new world like, yeah how does it work um, everyone was really really friendly and really yeah. helpful yeah people help you all the way yeah, through yeah well. and um, assistants had been booked mm-hmm. so I knew my I could go be in my chair up until the plane door Great, yeah. and they'd assist with getting me on there yeah. and getting me to my assistance um, is amazing actually yeah. I have to say sometimes they just sometimes do forget about you but <laughs> apart from that <laughs> it does mean that you can travel to foreign places yes. and you're able to get have that confidence yeah that's the thing I think that's and amazing and have that ex- experience like other people get to have have, you know, because yeah. you are also other people. Yeah, you know, yeah, everyone absolutely. Is, should get the same experience. Yeah. Um. So it it's been cool. So I I love going to the Dubai comp. I absolutely love mm-hmm. going there. Um. We stay in quite a residential area. Um. It's it's cool. Yeah. Faza, I believe the area is called. Absolutely. Was it boiling? Um. It's warm. Uh, okay. Um, not but really. But it's hot. not. You know, um, outside, and you're gonna, you know, pass out. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a good time of the year. So we usually go around um, spring, yeah, or our spring. Um, so it's a good time. Yeah. So I mean, I, I love travelling and yeah. things like that. So where else do you get to go now? What sort of um, place do you international traveller? <laughs> this is you now. Um, well, it would depend where the competitions are. Mm. Um, what have you got coming up, or is it? So funny enough, Dubai. Oh, you have got Dubai. <laughs> got oh, Dubai. right. Wow. Um, Dubai is actually where our next World Championships, our Power Athletics World Championships, will be next year, in November. So November 2019. Uh huh. Um, we'll be travelling back out there again. Wow. Um, so. 
I'm really looking forward to that because I, 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 I want another medal to another medal one in her sock <laughs> <laughs> there might be a second sock hopefully um, not even hopefully there will be a second sock yeah uh, so you have that and then the year after touch wood and everything else mm-hmm. um, um, I'll go to Tokyo for the Paralympics wow I know, Tokyo that would be amazing yes so when will that happen? That's 2020. Okay. Yeah, 2020. A little bit of training to do before that? It's just a tad. Just, you know, you know, what is your fine. training regime like? How does that all work for uh, you? Well, it depends what time of year. So we've just gone into our winter training block. Um, I describe it as where superheroes are made. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how I see it. Uh, winter training is building. It's like, you know, it's like building a house. It's the foundations, it's the walls, it's the plaster, it's everything. And then by the time you get to competition season, you've, you've, you've boosted where yeah. you were previously so it's tough is it's, it every morning you have to get up and do um it depends on the day okay. so we do quite a varied range so i have uh strength and conditioning three times a week mm-hmm. with duncan ogilvy over at university of east london yeah um and his team uh i do two technical throw session with alison o'reardon up at lee valley athletic center mm-hmm. and then i also do pilates which Mm-hmm. Everybody needs to do Pilates. Yeah, it true. is. It's yeah. just. It's just the thing. It just rocks. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I do that at um, local to me. So I actually do it at our my local leisure centres, Fusion, yeah. who actually have a, sister, a a program where they support athletes, mm-hmm. so you get access to the leisure centres. Um, uh, so I do that as well. And then you also do some cardio, but everything has to be balanced so it doesn't take away from anything Mm, so mm. you don't want to kind of go in beasting out on one thing and then be exhausted to not be able to get the best out of all your rest of your sessions and there's always adaptation and adjustment you know Mm. we're training a bit more training a bit harder so it takes time to adjust to it and you just you know Mm. you just you just go along so, so are you working now full time? Is that what you're doing as a, as an athlete? Yes, yeah, so I'm a. F- I know. Wow, that's a huge <laughs> change. I mean, that's just amazing, yeah. isn't it? You think yeah. from the is it like six years or from the beginning it's from from so twenty so six years from yeah. when I first joined the Haringey Wheelers to now being that's a, just absolutely amazing. It's fantastic. It's mad, but again, it's about the support. It's about British mm. athletics, you know, recognising and talent around yeah. the country. It's about the National Lottery supporting athletes. Every time someone buys a ticket, yeah. it actually goes to causes like that. So you are supporting some of the people who you see and support on TV. Yeah, you know, yeah. It, you, they, there's so much. The World Class Programme does a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is what I get to do. It's amazing. This is an amazing <laughs> job. Know. What a cool job. I know. <laughs> and it's got to sound very cheesy. It doesn't feel like a job. Yeah. Um, and you're loving feels, it. I do love it. Absolutely loving I it. I do. I do. It's 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 the making of me. Yeah. It's lovely seeing what can come out yeah. of it and not just your shiny thing that lives in the sock. Yeah. Um, but just the people you get to access, the people you get to impact, the people you get to meet, the fun stuff you yeah. get to do, but also even the challenging stuff. Yeah. You know, it's all part. You know why you're doing it. You know, you know what it's going to do. And sometimes it's just about trust and faith. Mm. You just go with it. Go with the flow. Say yes. <laughs> say, <laughs> say yes to yes. everything. I think that's what we all need to be doing now. A little bit. With the license. Just yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so h- how is your life now compared to before? How are you Ooh, feeling? How is my life now? Well, you can probably hear me smiling because I think that's all I ever really seem to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, life is good. Mm-hmm. Life is tough. Life is everything. Um, I'm a, yes, I'm a student now. Again, I never thought, I never, ever, ever, ever thought I'd go to university. Amazing. Um, and I started, I think it was like something like the week after I got back from Rio. Yeah, jet lag is a beast. So you've been to Rio? Yes. Okay. Yes, sorry, yes. So I am, um, so in, so in 2016, mm. I did Dubai. That was my first international. Mm-hmm. And then I got my first GB call up in the summer and went to a beautiful place called Grosseto in Italy for the European Championships. I know. Just sounds amazing. And then uh, I think about two, I don't even know if it was two months later. Yeah, about two months later of that, um, I was in Rio for the Paralympics. And then you've gone back to uni, or you've gone to uni. And I started uni the follow, I came back on the, I think the Monday night or the Tuesday morning, and then I started uni the following week. And what what are you studying? Uh, sports, sports and exercise science as an undergrad. Oh, and, good luck with that. How are you yeah. finding it all? Interesting, tough. Hard work? I use the word tough a lot. Yeah. It is hard work. It's really interesting. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Anatomy and physiology and biomechanics, wow. Yeah. But even things like development of sport and seeing the history of it. And, you know, sport isn't just what we see now. It's where it's come from. It's where it's moved. It's what it influences. Mm. You've got coaching. You've got research methods. You've got sports site. There's so many goodies. It's like being in a sweet shop. Amazing. Yeah, you okay. do. And you get to meet some pretty cool people on your course as yeah. well. Yeah. So how long's your course for? So it'll be... Um, I'm part-time, so I'm okay. going to be there for... For a while. For you, yeah, a little while. Yeah. <laughs> You'll get there in the end. Oh, definitely totally. one of those people that will be pushing forward to the end though I fantastic will i will graduate one day yeah no it's fantastic <laughs> so you're such a warm and bubbly person vanessa do you think it's helped you along the way to getting to where you you are now do you think i think it has there's been there's been some times when it's not been that way Mm-hmm. Um, when it's been quite grey and hard to be kind of bubbly and, you know, bouncing around. Yeah. And even when I am bouncing around, sometimes I'm not feeling like I'm really bouncing mm. around. But it's it's part of me. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the good, the bad and the ugly, it's all part of it. I, I like being warm, I like being bubbly, I like being engaging, I like being approachable. Mm. Um, I was quite, as I said, I was quite shy when I was young and didn't have many friends and it's quite nice now still being, Mm. most people don't realise, relatively shy, Um, but still being able now to not be that kind of withdrawn and introvert person. I can be somewhat extrovert but mm. go typical Gemini I go between the two yeah but it, it it does help you know having a positive attitude yeah. where you can do you think yeah to try to push things or to, to get these opportunities that's yeah. the thing I don't you know that's they probably wouldn't offer it to everyone and I think that you know I think you've been you've I've been, been lucky but amazing you've done so well yeah. in getting all these things yeah yeah it's I think it's it it's one of those things that can make you memorable um, I yeah. guess you can say, um, and that people are open. And that's just it. Sometimes it's, you don't have to be bouncing off the walls. You don't have to be everybody's mm. friend. But if I see it as if you're open to the universe and you're open to people, yeah. again, with boundaries, um, mm. that it just allows almost 
conversations to happen that might not happen if people think you're a bit closed yeah, yeah. Um, but again it's it's about what works for you mm-hmm. um, and for some people it does and some people it doesn't and I think as, as it's part of me it mm-hmm. works yeah no it's it's fantastic yeah. isn't it? totally inspirational thank definitely. you so are you excited about the future oh my goodness yes <laughs> so excited I feel like a little kid yeah um, just simply because there's so much you can't predict mm. um, and you don't necessarily know what's coming so how can you not be excited yeah. like, because it's not been written yet some has some hasn't um, and there's so many things to look forward to everything that's being built now uh, mm. whether it's physically whether it's educationally socially is leading somewhere yeah. and I don't know what that looks like so that's yeah. quite cool you've got so much lined up which is yeah. sounding fantastic and it's just it's absolutely brilliant thanks thank you um, so what would be your best bit of advice for someone who's going through a life changing situation Oh, that's a deep one. <laughs> um, I like to go a bit deep. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good one. It's a good one. Um, my best bit of advice would be give yourself permission to feel and experience what you're going through. Um, I spent a long time and still have habits of doing it now where you dismiss what you're thinking or what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. And I had to be told it's okay to feel how you feel you're almost justified in how you're thinking and feeling to me because it's coming out of you Mm. um so but running alongside that i would say find support yeah in a positive way and you may need to try different things but if possible don't do it on your own Mm. you know even if um it's somewhere that you can even just go to and have a cup of tea and just sit and there's people milling about and doing whatever Mm. a cafe something where you're outside of your space Mm. staying busy i guess and and, Um, it may be busy some for some people it's actually learning to um embrace being quiet okay you know they sometimes being busy can be such a distraction Mm. that you're not actually acknowledging or mindful of what it is that's going on but if someone's going through something I would say Mm. you're not on your own it may feel like it it may feel like you're at the depths of everything and there's nowhere else to go Mm. but if it feels like the bottom that means and again it sounds cheesy that the only way is to move up one Mm. thing I would strongly believe is that the only constant thing is change and sometimes we have to look for what that change is because we may not see it because we're so immersed in what we're doing and what we're experiencing yeah. that we can't see that every second, every millisecond, something's changing, something's moving. And it's about finding our way into seeing that and then accepting that. And then maybe there might be some kind of change. Excellent. Excellent. And of course, you need to say yes to everything. That's what Within as well. <laughs> I still put that's in that. That's best my bit of advice. That's my Definitely. thing. That's my waiver. Within reason. <laughs> so every week, I do a weekly gripe. This week, I don't really want to say this, but yes, I'm t- turning forty this week. It's a little bit petrifying. <laughs> I can't believe it, but yes, this is true. I am turning 40. Um, However, Vanessa, if you don't (laughs) mind me asking you, I don't like to ask a lady her age. But um, how old are you? So I am, hold on, let me count. Um, (laughs) So I am 
41 years and four months and a few days okay. old. Okay, so you've passed, you went passed. past yes. it. Yes, Okay, yep. I'm still yet to be there next week, <laughs> next week. This is what's going to happen. How did it feel for you? How was it? It was interesting. So I thought th- turning 30 was a whole big thing. Mm. It's like at 30, well, personally, I thought at 30, puberty kicked back in. That's what happened to me. I don't know what was going on there. Um, but um, when I hit 40, things just felt different. And it wasn't like a conscious decision of, oh, my goodness, I am 40. I need to conduct myself in a certain type of way. No, 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 no. It was none of that. Um, it Things just felt different. Things genuinely, they felt good. Okay. Um, but there was definitely a mindset shift. And I again, I don't recall signing up for it. I don't yeah. remember there being a conversation. Mm. But um, it felt it felt like there was permission to be me. Okay, being more yourself. Being more myself. Yeah. Being um, mindful of me rather than mindful of others. Okay. And not in a selfish, like, not caring about anyone. Yeah. But... It just, things just, I don't think so. It just felt, suddenly felt really comfortable. Okay. I think turning 40 is fantastic. <laughs> it's fantastic. fabulous, girl. Girl, just embrace it and rock. Just rock <laughs> with it. Get some stilettos and go. Turning 40 is fabulous. It is. Okay, tiny. this will be fine. I hope so. <laughs> so for the end of the podcast, um, I usually finish with an inspirational quote ah. oh yeah so this week it is from the one and only dolly parton oh yeah she is amazing she's absolutely amazing so um she's actually from i think she's tennessee i think, I think but, she is um, that region so you're gonna have to do your best tennessee accent are you oh any my good at, um... i'm no good at accents <laughs> Just read what that I'll says. Just, it might just be Tottenham. Yeah, I'm that's sorry. fine. You Tottenham, can be Tottenham. Tennis, Tottenham, uh, Tottenham, Tennessee. Okay. Um, uh, Tottenham, Tennessee. Okay, so from the lovely Dolly Parton, she says, if you don't like the road you're walking, start paving another one. This is true. This is true. You've got to move on if you're not liking what you're doing. That's quite true, actually, isn't it? It's true, um, but I think it can start a little bit earlier than that rather than necessarily being a bit hard on yourself. I don't like it, so if you haven't moved, that's your fault. Yeah. It's kind of like if you if you can acknowledge or understand that you're not happy where you are, then that's actually the start of paving anyway. Okay. Because I think there was another one too. What was the other one there as well? We've also got, you'll never do a whole lot unless you're brave enough to try. Maybe that's a bit nicer. Uh, well, uh, Dolly Dolly says it as she as she as she says it. Um, I think with her tax with her, her ten, ten, Tottenham Tennessee Tottenham accent. Tennessee. Tottenham <laughs> um, I think being brave comes in different forms, mm-hmm. um, and I think that people achieve a whole lot even without realizing that they're brave. Yeah. So just existing and being a great person means mm-hmm. you're brave Aww. that's how I see it it's been so lovely to talk to you Vanessa <laughs> thanks so much for coming along to the longest battle podcast I'm sure you've inspired lots and lots of people today until next time thanks a lot thank you Thanks so much for listening to Emma's podcast. She's been through a hell of a lot over the past few years and listening to this makes all of her friends realise just what an inspiration she is.
The Silver Lining charity has helped Emma immeasurably, enabling her to meet lots of other people with brain injuries. The charity is currently raising money for a Goodwill Silver Lining mission to India, just one project that will help those affected by brain injury to get involved in exciting and purposeful activities in the community. Activities that go a long way to invigorate, motivate and rehabilitate. The charity also helps family members and friends who are often overlooked. If you've enjoyed listening and would like to donate to the Silver Lining Brain Injury, now's your chance. Visit www.thesilverlining.org.uk. Thank you.